Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? And we're back. (laughs) Someday soon, I'm going to create a course on the nervous system because I am almost as hyped about it as I am the brain. So if you listen to my last episode, we talked about the nervous system, the sympathetic side. If you didn't listen to it, go listen to it now (laughs) or listen to this and then go back and listen to that. Not necessarily a particular order, but we talked about the sympathetic side of the nervous system. And that, that, and the parasympathetic side, which we're going to talk about today, they really are both like headquarters sort of in our body. It's like a central command station and it receives millions of bits of information every single second. In fact, based on research, fun facts, we receive about 11 million bits of information every second. Do you know how many the brain, the body, the nervous system can, can like comfortably take in? 50, five, zero. So it's obvious that we are overstimulated, but anyhow, these bits of information come into the command center, which is kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Inside Out, but it's kind of like the, the headquarters in the movie Inside Out. But there's no super cute computer. Um, <laughs> just our 86 billion neurons. All right, enough of the science talk. I have to admit though, the nervous system, the central nervous system, it's pretty freaking mind-blowing that our body has this and then what it can do. So last time we talked about the sympathetic nervous system, that is your fight, flight, freeze, uh, fight, flight um, response. And it is automatically turned on when fear comes up, whether that's real fear or perceived fear. And then we need the yin and the yang. We always need the balance to reach homeostasis, to get back to neutral. What gets us back there? The parasympathetic nervous system, the PNS. So they are opposites. It has this calming and rest effect. And what we know about this is it's much slower to respond than the SNS. So so the sympathetic side, people typically get stuck in the sympathetic side side before they get stuck in the parasympathetic side. So when the sympathetic side gets all excited because it fears something or there's overstimulation or whatever it is, your heart rate might increase, your pupils might even dilate, um, digestion will happen to like clear up energy to basically fight flight. Your mouth even might get dry, your bladder might contract. Um, but the PNS, the parasympathetic side of the nervous system really saves us like a superhero that comes in 
drops the calm and it constricts your pupils. It activates your salivation. It slows down your heart rate. It enacts digestion um, and it contracts your um, bladder. I think I said that backwards in the previous, in the previous one, it was, it prevents your bladder from contracting. Anywho, small, tiny details. It does the opposite of what the sympathetic side does is what I wanted to say there. And we need that. We need that to reach equilibrium. We need that to reach homeostasis. So thank God it exists. Whew. Okay. So in a moment, we're going to talk about what are some examples of things that fall into the PNS because when one gets stuck in the SNS, which is when someone's overstimulated, unable to calm down, has been exposed to a traumatic situation or, or chronic stress, a fear, anxiety, restlessness, panic, hyperactivity, they all show up. So we need this PNS and we need to activate it and we need to get in this side of the nervous system to balance out all of that. So how do we do that? I'll tell you in just a second. But what you need to know is that sometimes we get so overwhelmed and so overstimulated and so unable to calm our systems that this chronic stress or even traumatic stress pushes the nervous system outside of its ability to regulate itself. It, it goes beyond the ability to reach homeostasis on its own. And we get stuck in this position. And as a result, really what's happening then is we experience symptomatic things of being stuck in the parasympathetic side, which are depression, disconnection, fatigue, lack of emotion, social withdrawal, all of those things. So we have this ability to kind of alternate between the highs and the lows or the ons and the offs. And, and we want to do that, but sometimes we get stuck in the high and we can't figure out how to activate the low. Or sometimes we get so overstimulated or so stressed out that we get stuck in the low and we can't figure out how to get back into the high or at least into the neutral. So when and what causes us to get stuck in the parasympathetic side? What would cause us to withdraw disconnection? Because it's, it's a stronger, um, more intense reaction than getting stuck in the, the sympathetic side. And this is usually due to extreme stress, again, chronic or traumatic uh, or ongoing trauma, and often can and does develop into PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome or stress disorder. Yeah. So that's no good. We don't want that. And at the point at which you reach that, and even before you reach that, we really want to get help from a professional to reverse the system. Um, because what will happen is the nervous system will become conditioned to exist and stay in this state of, of fear or this state of overwhelm or this state of hyperactivity, which is a lot of kids that we're seeing these days and a lot of adults. So basically the, the more you go into one state or the other and you get stuck there, it's like a muscle, it gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger and you keep going in there and then it becomes a stable state, meaning it becomes much easier for you to go there, to get there. So if you're an anxious person and you keep not becoming aware of your anxiety and doing something to reverse it or address it, you're going to become more anxious and more anxious and more anxious. And it's going to get stronger and the muscles are going to build and you're going to get stuck in anxious state. Same for depression. 
So we've got to get ourselves out or find help to get us to help us get out. Okay. So what on earth do we do? If you're stuck in the SNS, you're in that high energy state. You want to bring yourself down. You want to connect into the PNS. So you would do something that is grounding. What would be some things that would activate the PNS? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Deep breathing, meditation, massage, going into nature, digital or media or technology breaks, uh, even yawning. <laughs> yawning activates and humming and singing activates a nerve connected to the PNS that helps to calm us down. Chewing gum, exercise is great, especially slow moving exercise like bar yoga, Pilates, not so much the high intensity stuff. Um, spending time with loved ones, with people, social connection, wrapping yourself in a cozy blanket. Um, gardening, that sensory feeling, touching, mindful practice, going for just a walk outside, praying, sleeping, sleep actually gets you into the PNS. Spending um, time with like positive, uplifting people or listening to positive, uplifting messages, shifting your thoughts to positivity, positivity, practicing gratitude, eating something mindfully or drinking something mindfully, like hot tea or even coffee, but mindfully be present with the, the sipping of it. Take a hot bath, listen to your favorite relaxing music, put some candles on, do aromatherapy, <laughs> progressive muscle relaxation. Give yourself a break in your day. Don't schedule back to back to back to back to back. Um, there are so many things, so many things that can get you into your PNS. And if you get stuck in that like over uh, stimulated, you get stuck in that PNS and you become that more depressive state, then you want to do the opposite. What activates the SNS? High intensity exercise, fast moving things, adrenaline. Um, so you always want to work on doing the opposites. All right, I'm going to leave it at that because that was enough information. That was a lot of information. And the one thing I want to say, though, is something profound that I realized this week, which is working with a therapist to try and recognize my nervous system dysregulation, because you can actually test this through some uh, like breath work, uh, breath heart rate variability tests. Uh, you can get a professional to help you. Usually it's more of the naturopathic people that know about these things. You can search it online too. When I got tested every eight to 12 weeks, I was always in my SNS. I don't think I was ever once in the PNS or like more neutralized. So I became fascinated with, okay, if I'm always stuck there, then I'm constantly seeking things that keep me there. For example, I love doing high intensity workouts. I love doing strength training, boxing. They're all driving me into the, the SNS. What I need to be doing, what I don't enjoy <laughs> is yoga, meditation, um, stretching. So I'm trying to, initially I tried to just add some more of those things in small doses. Now I'm trying to do more of those things and, and trying to really give up some of the more intense exercise things, because the reality is I can learn to love yoga, meditation, stretching, all those things. If I give it a chance, but one of the things I found out this week, that was crazy to me. And I was like, wow, I thought I had cleared out all the things that were causing me to stay in my SNS, not all of them, but a lot of them. One of the things I love to do is intake information. Like I freaking love audiobooks and podcasts and books. I love to read and never anything <laughs> like hearted and fun and enjoyable. Always 
things that um, are information-based and typically neuroscience trauma relationship-based, so some heavier content. And I drive a lot, I travel a lot, so I'm constantly listening to these things and taking in a ton of information. And my therapist pointed out that that is a, a, a <laughs> sympathetic nervous system activation technique like that that is keeping me in my my sympathetic nervous system because I'm taking in so much information so fast and that blew my mind because I love that at the same time I think part of why I love it is because it keeps me in that state and that state feels so comfortable and so familiar and like home to me so the challenge has been okay now I'm aware of it so now I need to make the intention to change so the micro step is, okay, let's just listen to a little bit less each day. And then we reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. And at the same time, we can replace it with something that is a little bit slower. So maybe instead of an audiobook before bed, I eventually try to get to breath work or meditation or both. And if I want to listen to an audiobook, great, but maybe just a chapter instead of two hours. <laughs> so get curious about your own life and the things that you're doing that are keeping you in one side or the other and find ways to activate the opposite. Okay. That really is it now. Let's go to our listener question, which is how do children develop behaviors, essentially negative behaviors? Well, it relates quite frankly to what we just talked about, but they crop up usually impulsively, uh, unconsciously as a reactionary response. And it's usually related to feelings of lack of safety, whether we're fully aware or we are actually unsafe. It could be psychologically perceiving that we're unsafe. And, and often these things are defense mechanisms. They're COVID mechanisms that again, the body, the brain is freaking smart. It is so smart. So it develops these things to protect us. And often they don't necessarily look appropriate. For example, a child, I was recently on the phone with I think parent or school or somebody, um, they threw a block and hit another kid in the head with the block. Why did they throw that block? And was that intentional? No. What was happening is that there was perceived lack of safety or fear or you know something that, that caused a reactionary response. What happened? The child lost control because this other child got too close. He didn't do anything, but they were essentially threatening to take some of the toys. Is that a true safety issue? No, but in the brain, the child perceived it as such and responded and reacted without thinking. So the loss there, the, the need that came up that cropped up was, ah, child needed to have control of the situation. They felt the lack of control coming on to them. So they responded, they reacted. So always look for what's the need driving the behavior because that's where behaviors come from what causes the specific responses? Like why does one child throw those blocks because they feel someone's going to take their blocks versus like say no, or, you know, kick something or hit someone. A lot of different reasons. One, maybe they saw it somewhere. Maybe they saw it in school. Maybe they saw it on TV. Maybe they saw it with a sibling genes. Like it could be, you know, one kid's response to just kind of shut down during those moments and cry because their family members, their genes are more anxiety internally shut down, um, type of, of responses. So it depends on a lot of things, but most times these behaviors are not conscious choices. They are reactionary. And what I tell people is like, we always want to punish kids for these behaviors. And, and sometimes they are somewhat more rational choices, but most times they're not. 
we go to punish these kids for these behaviors when they are just these reactionary responses. And the reality is it's, it's like vomiting. You can't control that. It just happens. Your body just does it. And a lot of these behaviors are the same thing. They're reactionary. They just happen. So punishing a child for an uncontrollable behavior is kind of like punishing a child for throwing up. It's not the point. The point isn't to punish. The point is to educate. How can we teach this child to do something differently next time? How can you teach the child to not throw the blocks, but do something else that is more appropriate response for next time? So for those of you out there that just heard that and are like, what? No consequences or punishment, natural consequences. Maybe the blocks go away because we didn't play with them correctly, but we still need to educate them on what to do differently next time. I'm not a big fan of punishment. I'm a bigger fan of education. All right, let's wrap up our show with our try to home tip, which is take in less information. If you're like me and you get stuck in your SNS and you just love information, stop it (laughs) because it's keeping you in your SNS. Um, And I would say along those lines, not just information, but media, news, social media, TV, because all of those things are giving you bits of information, maybe not intellectual information, but it's, it's not only um, stimulating you. And a lot of these things now are, are movie form or movement form. So you get the movement of the screen and you also get the language, you get the words, so you get a double whammy of stimulation. So you are getting overstimulated, usually the times in which you want to deactivate that closer to bedtime. So shut off your phone, shut off the language stimulation, shut off the moving visual stimulation, shut off the information intake and let your body and nervous system and brain come down. Whoo, that was a doozy. That is it for today's episode of returning to us podcast. Remember our tried at home tip, which is shut stuff down, take in less information. And if you want me to answer one of your questions on a future show, email me at podcast at the or send a text to 717-693-7744. And don't forget to, to lock in something that you learned. There's a lot of sciencey information, but it is so crucial for us as adults and for kids. So how can you do that? Teach someone else, tell someone else, comment below, leave a review. What's your biggest takeaway? And then I hope that you come back for more ways to hack your brain and body. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer. Thanks for joining me.